This is P.S. You're Wrong, the podcast where we talk trash about the things people love to hate and hate to love. And we're your hosts, Shelby and Matt. Yes, we are back to talk about pop culture another week as we get closer <laughs> and closer to our 200th episode. Yes, we're, we're itching forward. Though this doesn't even count towards our count. No, I know. Count, I know. So. <laughs> this is, these are just bonuses, We're giving basically. these free episodes away. We're not getting yeah. anything out of them. <laughs> They were meant to be mini episodes, but sometimes they run just as long as our sometimes. Thursdays. I know. Because <laughs> Shelby won't shut up sometimes. Because <laughs> there's just so much to talk about. Uh, you know, the important news in these trying times. So I'd like we're to, here. I'd like to start by reading a tweet that Shelby tweeted earlier this week that I feel like needs some attention. Oh. Oh, she okay. said, when I go... I want my casket to be driven through the NYC Pride Parade with a plaque that read, she wasn't for everyone, but she was for us. Who can was arrange? for us, yeah. Yeah. I I feel like it speaks. I feel like it, it really speaks for itself. I mean, who better to represent the ally than me? I I stand by that. I believe New York will embrace me. Queer New York will embrace me with, my casket with open arms. And I look forward to the day when my body is shipped from Houston to the streets of New York to be celebrated. <laughs> During Why the, not? <laughs> uh, no, this tweet was not from Shelby. It was actually from uh, our favorite queer, Ugh. Lena Dunham. Yeah. Is she queer? No, I don't think so. I think she's just an ally. I she wrote she... that whole article where she was like, I was disappointed my whole life that I wasn't, that I grew up attracted to men. So I was glad when my sister came out as a lesbian because I finally felt I had someone to channel my queer love. <laughs> well, yes, she also famously wishes she'd had an abortion at some point. She's really, uh, she's when... living vicariously through a lot of other people. She's just the most. I can't stand her. Like, honestly people contain multitudes and I never want to like write someone off completely, but I've never enjoyed anything she's ever done. Someone tweeted. So she obviously tweeted this tone deaf, like semi problematic tweet about how she wants her body in the middle of the bride parade. And it's Just like, totally out of well, nowhere maybe it's too. not about you. Uh, but yeah. then, you know, people were sort of piling on her. And tweeting about that. And then I saw yeah. someone else tweet back and was like, it sort of feels like punching down at this point to be <laughs> tweeting bad things about Lena Dunham. And I do feel like she's so far, like, gone at this point. Like, yeah. in cultural relevancy, <laughs> in, like, anybody taking her seriously, that, that when she tweeted this, I was, like, not really mad at all. I was sort of like, oh, there goes Lena. You know, <laughs> oh, Lena. Lena's gonna Lena. Oh, Lena, girl. <laughs> Someone take your phone away. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's giving, you know, like a, like a puppy who was returned, who was sent to the shelter because uh, he kept biting. But you don't want to, like, kick the puppy, you know? You just want it to be like, shh, 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 shh. Just right. Shh, 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 shh. Everything's okay. 
<laughs> you don't need to tweet every shower thought you have. Because uh, it was like, it came out of nowhere. It's oh, yeah. not Completely the Pride Parade. <laughs> it's, it's, no one was talking about her as a queer icon. Like, absolutely nothing was going on in her circle. But she's like, hmm, hmm. you know what I'm thinking about today? <laughs> I got death on the mind. <laughs> I've got, and I've and I would like to be planning my funeral. <laughs> uh, just amazing uh, confidence and lack of awareness and just sheer audacity. Like I've never, I've never felt like she was like a share or someone had said this. Then like yeah, maybe I get it. But I've never felt like her name goes hand in hand with like oh the gays no. love her. I was trying to think of, like, when maybe that moment would have, like, I don't know if, like, after the first season of Girls or something like that, that maybe she was sort of, um, that queer people liked her, you know, like, when right. when she was doing all the interviews of, like, why is she naked all the time? Like, maybe oh, then yes. people were, like, yes, queen, sort of. Because um, I do feel like maybe this is not a correct statement because I've never watched either of these shows, but I do feel like... <laughs> the um like in my mind the early seasons of girls sort of got like a similar reception as like broad city sort of did but then broad city like kept its audience and i feel like people like gay people love the broad city girls but don't really love the um girls girls although i don't think that's necessarily true because i think gay people love jemima kirk and I think that gay people like um, whatever the one is who's now on the flight attendant. So I think it's just I think it's just Lena that the gays don't like anymore. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going. I mean, you know, if we want to put our strategy caps on, she does have a movie coming out in the next week, so maybe she needed a a moment. She needed yes, to trend to get that the movie dragged that up. <laughs> I've seen Catherine called Birdie, which is actually a very, very good movie and which Lena is not in at all. And it's based on like a, you know, children's book from however many years ago. And it's very sweet. Um, and uh, like this tweet doesn't really have anything to do with that. So. Right. But would- I had never heard of the movie, but it's at the end of every article talking about I guess. I, I guess. Do I think she's smart enough to pull that? No. 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 But it is, you know, maybe she'll be glad for this moment. Uh, how was Joe Allen in it? I was curious. Oh, yeah. I forgot that he was in it. Um, he's <laughs> fine. He, a he actually or plays or... like a, a kind of like nicer person in this. Oh, okay. Um, <laughs> Good for He's him. sort of like her kindly uncle. Um, and so... Yeah, he, he. it's not a terrible role as he usually uh, does. He's branching out. Yeah, yeah. he's Showing been having range. some bad press cycle, though, because nobody obviously liked the um, uh, the Conversations with Friends TV show that he was in. And also he has a big sort of romantic movie, Stars at Noon, that's coming out here. They got bad reviews out of Cannes and is playing the New York Film Festival. And I was like, do I want to go see this? Uh, no, not really. I have not heard anything about it. It's a Claire Denis yeah. movie. She's a French director. Anyways, he's well, he was it. named like bad. Time One Hundred upcoming or whatever, right? Ryan Reynolds wrote his bio. Recently? He loved conversations with friends. Yeah, like last week. 
I, okay, well, Ryan Reynolds news. is not an objective source on this. You know that Kayla well, was like, do well, it. every time, every time, like cover, every time profile is written by a friend or like a colleague. So it's not necessarily out. They're always biased. They're always oh, praising well, yes. these people. But yeah, it was pretty funny to. But how did he even get picked it. is what I want to know. <laughs> yeah. Well, because he's in everything and he's dating Taylor Swift and his name trends whenever she does something. I think he's so. in everything because he's dating Taylor Swift. Mm. Chicken and the egg situation. I mean, what sway does Taylor Swift have over Hollywood when she's just getting cast in bit roles in David O. Russell movies, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, yes, mm. but I think I think that obviously there is some clout to be had for his name like i'm not saying that that's the only reason he's getting roles but i'm saying like he is definitely like his name went from who is this person to (laughs) oh like every conversation with him somebody is saying oh well that's taylor swift's boyfriend and somebody (laughs) is thinking that's a big fan base who might come and see this movie like is that working out i don't necessarily think so but you never know not when he keeps playing rapists and nazis and abusers and cheaters like her tweeting about a movie or going to a premiere or yeah. whatever is worth a lot, although she hasn't yeah. done that very much. But yeah, she did it for the favorite, and she did mention conversations with friends. I think. Well, she loved um, where the crawdad no. sang the book. Oh, yeah. One of her favorites <laughs> ever. Yeah. Okay, but pivoting. Um, uh, I wanted to talk about this. I mean, I don't really want to talk about it, but everyone else wants to talk about it. And so here we are talking about it. But Lizzo like broke the internet because she played a flute no one knew existed. And it's made like a bunch of people mad because they were over being salty about Little Mermaid and needed somewhere else to channel their rage. Mm -hmm. And so the story is that Lizzo was just minding her own business. She's on tour. She's doing good. She won her Emmy. And it's just living life in spite of the trolls. And the National Library, National Library of Congress, National Library, reached out to her via Twitter and was like, OMG, did you know we have a flute collection? And no one knows that because who knows anything about the National Library? I knew but that. She was- <laughs> I'm very well versed on famous flutes. <laughs> well, so she was invited to go tour it and see this famous crystal flute from James Madison's collection like that he was gifted and never played. And so she goes, but then the twist is that they let her play it at her show in D.C. that night. So like a, a person from the library carries it out. She gets like 30 seconds to play it. She twerks with it and hands it back. And she's like, OMG, I just twerked with James Madison's flute. And and then they release like a promo video of her like touring the facilities and playing the flute at the uh, in the Congress. I don't know, whatever. You know, it was like barely a note. I watched it. I was like, oh, that's cute. And I went about my day. But for the last week, it's just been regurgitation after regurgitation of the dumbest takes I've ever seen, where it's just like people are looking to be mad at something. Like I saw someone tweet about how this is what the oppressive minority wishes upon the majority where they will dance on the graves of their memory and torture them by having a fat uh (laughs) black woman play a flute from james madison it's like are you gonna play the flute like what are you talking about and then the other one is oh my gosh she's destroying history like that should never be touched or played again and it's like no you can 
you can go. And these are meant to be played and in fact should be played because they're not dresses. They're not like pieces of art they need to be used to be, you know, preserved. And they're designed to be used. And not only that, but she's a trained flutist. She's not like, it's not like me going up and thinking like, oh, this is just the same as a kazoo, right? It's like she knows the different types of flutes. She was able to play all of them with ease. And like, it was great and it was cute. And I don't understand why it caused so much ruffles except for racism. I mean, this is, when I saw these uh, headlines, I was immediately thought of the hype of the Marilyn Monroe dress a few (laughs) months back that Kim Kardashian was wearing. And again, how everybody all of a sudden became a historian overnight (laughs) and a dealer of antiquities and, you know, the product aging. And I think in both situations, like these were objects that sure have like some historical significance, but are not like, super Oops. super well known like yeah. like what percent of the population could pick out that Marilyn Monroe dress from a lineup or right. knew about James Madison's <laughs> crystal flute and that it's just like people yeah want to be mad about something obviously yeah. in this case I think there is racial <clears throat> undertones to it that maybe there wasn't with the Kim Kardashian situation yeah. Um, but well yeah I mean Matt Walsh called it racial retribution and it's just like that that's what we're doing and you're worried about it like if this is as far as it goes like uh it's not too bad not too bad a curse for the for the white the, for the white class the the conservative people i feel are getting desperate yeah. where the when the um political correctness stuff soared like started rearing its head i don't know when that would have been like 10 years ago or so i feel like everybody was afraid of being well first they weren't afraid of being canceled but then after people were canceled they were like afraid of that afraid of the tide turning were like you know trying to sneak things around in back rooms and cloy on stuff and i think that as they've continued to sort of like lose ground sort of um they've been more and more like emboldened to just like say things in a last ditch effort. And then as more of them are saying things, others of them feel like empowered to yeah. do so. And I feel like we're just getting more and more like brazenly racist and homophobic yes. and sexist takes in the past couple of years um, yeah. to try to like galvanize the base or whatever. Mm-hmm. And it's just looks more and more ridiculous. Like nobody cares about this flute. And yeah. Lizzo is also of all of the people to sort of like attempt <laughs> to go after. I feel like Lizzo is such a beloved figure. Yeah. Like, I mean, Kim Kardashian is somebody who I think a lot of people would love to take down if given right. the opportunity, but it's like, okay, Lizzo knows how to play the flute. Everybody likes her. Nobody has a bad thing to say about Lizzo. She's, yeah. you know, a body positivity icon. She's a black icon. She's a female she, icon. She's very, she very talented music. in so yeah. many different ways. Like she's, she just won an Emmy, for goodness sakes. Like, people, nice try, but no one cares. We're moving on. I know. Honestly, uh, that is the moral of any story that goes viral because of Matt Walsh and or Ben Shapiro. So, <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, they're just, like, looking for takes to get <laughs> yeah. clicks. Yeah. Speaking of semi-problematic, the Golden Globes are back this year, which we have oh. talked about. But they have added two new categories, which is... 
interesting, but like sort of not that well executed. We've talked before about how it's weird that they have all of these lead categories, but no, like not very many supporting categories. Mm. So they've added two new ones this year. Um, or I guess maybe. F- oh, no, no. Four. Yeah. Four new ones. Four new categories Two or wait. No. Sorry, I'm having trouble with the math here now that I'm thinking about it. Anyways, they're divided. Two divi- or four is, the, is tripping you up. <laughs> the, the, the math is hard. They're divided. <laughs> so in the TV categories, they originally only had Best Supporting Actress, Best Supporting Actor through all the categories. So if you were in a comedy, if you were in a drama, if you were in a limited series, they're right. all combined into one. Now they're splitting them up. But instead of doing the what the Emmys do where they have three categories for men and three categories for women they're keep they're expanding it to two on each side so one will be best supporting actor like drama comedy and then the other will be best supporting actor limited series oh, interesting which feels like a weird way to yeah. split that up because there's obviously a lot more dramas and comedies than limited series yeah but huh. that's what they're doing so that's, that's happening yeah. and it'll be interesting to see how that shakes out and also just the golden globes in general, like will talent go to it? Um, <laughs> well, is it a, it's not on network anymore, right? There's not, no, it's, it's not going be... to be televised. NBC oh, it is, is televising it, but oh, it's okay. only, it's only a one year contract. So it's sort of a, we're seeing oh. how this year goes and then we'll reassess. Um, it's just Lena Dunham in the front row. Just, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like Tom Cruise famously gave back his golden globe. So it's like, the, you could see, <laughs> yes, you could see I Top Gun getting <laughs> nominated for things, but he's not going. So Another funny. person who had issues with it is Brendan Fraser, who could very easily, or will definitely get nominated for Best Actor this year for The Whale. Mm-hmm. So it's like some stars. Well, everyone's are just learning and growing. You know, maybe the Golden Globes has put in the work, and they've really come around as an entity. Have they? I mean, they expanded their <laughs> voting body. Um, Have they expanded their bribery? <laughs> unclear. Unclear. Were they seen in Paris during the filming of Emily in Paris 3 this year? I, I don't know. But, you know, <laughs> if someone wants to send me to that, I'll go. I'll write a story. <laughs> you didn't even watch season two. I know. Okay. But it's You're on my list. Fan. I want to. You're a fake fan. Just a- I'm a big fan of so many things these days. I barely watch any TV. I'm pivoting just to movies. Oh, I know. It's a huge drag, personally. Did you ever start Lord of the Rings? Neither here nor there. But oh my gosh, this last episode was so freaking good. Here's the the thing. I was in Toronto just watching movies for a week and a half. Mm -hmm. And then now that I'm back, I'm in... New York Film Festival goes three weeks. So I'm just watching tons of stuff there. <laughs> and then New Fest, the gay festival, is a week. So really, it's not until like the end of October, the end of October, that I'm not like going to screenings at a festival on a daily basis. And sometimes, I'm, sometimes I'm seeing multiple movies a day. It, here's, the, here's the one perk, though. I will have basically seen perk. everything that's coming out from yes. now until February at by the end of the month. So I should have a lot more time 
to watch <laughs> TV theoretically come like I'll believe it when I see it. Yeah. Well, uh-huh. and this is the thing too, Matthew. Uh, <laughs> if you see a movie now, you have to take notes on it so you remember and yeah, remember I when know. I see I it. I know. Because sometimes we'll watch something and you'll be like, I forgot that happened. And it's like a major <laughs> point. Okay, Shelbadiah. <laughs> <sighs> so just just you know trying to take some copious notes some okay, okay, some notes okay. in some notebook in the dark okay. learn to write <laughs> work um, on your night vision uh, uh, and have you been following the mess that is the Dahmer show on Netflix <sighs> only to rightfully pat myself on the back and say I knew this was trash the instant it was announced and so no I didn't watch it and I am better than anyone who did so I also did not watch it. This is, <laughs> but this is a Ryan Murphy. Oh. I almost said Ryan Reynolds, but you know, no, he's not <laughs> doing this. Ryan Murphy famously has a deal with Netflix now. He's making a bunch of Netflix shows. I has there been one that's been good yet? I don't think so. We had the Politician, which was bad. We had Hollywood, which was bad. Has he had another thing? I feel like he has. Oh, I guess but I I'm remember. thinking of all his network shows. So yeah. I don't know the next Because, like, American ones. Crime Story, I think, has had some good moments. That's still on FX. So is American Ryan Horror Murphy, Story. Um, but he has a new series called Dahmer about the serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. Um, I got a bunch of, you know, press things about this from what did they Netflix. Even send? And it came out. And almost immediately, everybody was like, oh, wow, this is like super graphic, super grisly. I I did not really know anything about Jeffrey Dahmer, but apparently he was a serial killer who mostly hunted uh, like gay men, especially gay men of color. color. And then he'd lure them back to his house and dismember them and mutilate their bodies and eat them and have sex with corpses and, you know, various other things, all of which are sort of shown to certain degree on the TV. I, it's a very like sad, depressing story, obviously, but I think that the yeah. series is trying to make it a little bit more sensationalized. And what part of the drama was that they marked it as an LGBTQ series yeah. on like their categorizing, which people got upset about. They had to remove that. And then all of these stories about, the behind the scenes have been coming mm-hmm. out and there was only two black people on the entire set and a bunch of the white people kept getting their names wrong and it, it was just like poor working conditions. Yeah. And well, and he like, they posited it as like, Oh, this isn't about Dahmer. This is about the victims. Like we're talking, we're taking it from the victims, families perspectives. Like we really want it to be honoring them, but they never talked to any of the victims, families, the victim families actively did not want this made. And then Netflix keeps turning out these like little clips and being like, Oh, look at this side by side comparison of this sister freaking out in court is didn't we do a great job of capturing it? And her family was like, this is so upsetting to see this not only played again, but like used as promo materials comparing the day that she freaked out at her brother's murderer in court. And so it's just like an icky, icky taste where it's like, no, you can't really say, oh, we're doing this for the victims and their families while still showing the brutality that their fam- their vic- the victims endured, you know? 
Yes, definitely. And I think that they were aiming for something like the assassination of Gianni Versace American Crime Story Mm. series, which obviously did really well. It won a bunch of Emmys. But those murders were like, obviously sad and graphic in certain cases, but there were less of them and they were more personal to the killer so right. I think it was more time to sort of like go there was basically an episode dedicated to each of the victims and so it got a lot more in their psyche where this feels like it doesn't do that as much I mean again I haven't watched it but yeah the the stories about that are swirling around this feels like it's destined to not do well <laughs> or maybe they're taking the Lena Dunham approach to publicity and thinking that this will drum up <laughs> viewers well i mean if you look at who's critiquing it which is usually people of color or members of the lgbtq community versus the people who are like no this was great it's usually like white women who are obsessed with true crime as a genre of entertainment and they're making tiktoks and sharing tweets about this wasn't even grisly enough for me i wish it was worse i wish it was more violent i wish it was more gruesome and it's just like begs the question of like, why do we keep indulging this genre of entertainment when it should not be entertaining in any way? Like it's just the more and more that you kind of see happen to society with this true crime obsession, you're like, huh, maybe we shouldn't have (laughs) like turned down this leaf. Like maybe we should dial it back on what we're willing to do for a quick like documentary or TV series or, you know, Emmy run type of vehicle. Like I just, it's just leaving more and more of an ick in my, in, in, in the air, you know? Were any of the victims of this put in caskets and carried through a pride parade by <laughs> Lena Dunham though? That's another question. No, they weren't. And I don't even think this does a good job of remembering them. So Lena Dunham will still probably uh, have more of a hmm, legacy. (laughs) Unfortunately. Um, Do you have any other stories or do you want to get into love it or hate it? Let's do love it or hate it. (laughs) Do you want to go first or do you want to go second? Yeah, I was just thinking about how opposite what I'm about to talk to is to anything queer. Um, Because I watched Ambulance, which is that Michael Bay movie that came out earlier this year starring Jake Gyllenhaal. Um, yes, it was supposed to be terrible. I didn't watch it. Actually, actually, actually. it was supposed to be surprisingly good for what? a Michael Bay film. That I, was the reviews I, I saw. I don't remember that. Uh, yes. Uh, I'm I looking up Ambulance. Thing. I'm looking this up. Because it on. was like, it was like Michael Bay has been doing bad. It got 68 on Rotten Tomatoes, right? Like, so it's not trash. This isn't like, you know, I can't even think of another Michael Bay movie he's done recently. Transformers 1 through 4. But people were like, huh, this is actually surprisingly human. And so I had wanted to see it but didn't want to pay money for it. And it finally came to Prime Video. And so I watched it the other night. And it is – it's, like, good. It's, like, entertaining, right? Like it's It is more 
human than like his other like it's more rooted in the humanity of these characters because usually it's like explosion 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 boom 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 let's see how big we can get let's do the spectacle and this like does have a lot of drone shots like so many drones flying down buildings and circling cars and like he must have just gotten his drone license or something because he's having a lot of fun with this uh technique but the story itself wasn't as like it, it was more about it wasn't like let's see how big this explosion can be it's more like let's see what this explosion costs these characters and the people who are involved and i thought it was like interesting because it's um you know it's about these quote unquote brothers it's never clear if they're <laughs> related by blood somehow like half brothers or if they just grew up to each with each other and they're like they call each other brothers seriously but um it's uh, Yahya Abdul-Mateen II, who I think is from Watchmen, right? Oh, yeah. I love him. He's yeah. been in a bunch of stuff. He yeah. was also the, the new Candyman. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's great in it. But Jake Gyllenhaal, I love seeing Jake Gyllenhaal in these characters that just get more and more deranged and like unhinged. Like It reminded me of the – what's it called? The, the one where he's like the ambulance chaser. Oh, Nightcrawler? And he just gets, yeah, he just gets more and more like bug eyed and just screamy. The one last year where he was the 911 operator? No. <laughs> what was that movie called? That I think I couldn't watch because it's very much like Cop Gambit and I do not. I read this plot line and I was like, you know what? No. I love Jake Jill Hall, but not this much. Um, no, I think he's bad in it. Well, yeah, but I I read about it and it's like, it's not great. <laughs> no spoilers. This one also has sort of a pro, you know, police angle, but there's a lot of humanity to these characters that are like making bad choices and just continuing to dig the hole more. And I thought it like went on too long, obviously. And there was a lot of like lens flare and whatever else, like, you know, pulls down Michael Bay's style. But overall, I thought it was a pretty engaging, you know, movie that I was surprised could extend an ambulance car chase for two hours and 15 minutes. So I was I was pleasantly surprised. I thought it would be like a trash movie that I just would have fun watching. But it was actually kind of like a, a really moving story about these brothers who were, you know, kind of split in what they're willing to do to survive this world. So... Uh, It'll be on our it'll be on our year roundup if you want to give it a watch. I uh, dude, I don't, <laughs> I don't. But thank you. It's also over two hours. I I don't have time for that. And you have time for so much movies. I don't even want to talk about yeah, it. Yeah, but I have time for good quality movies like what I'll be talking about in this week. <sighs> yeah, let's up, hear which it. Is Hocus Pocus two, <laughs> which I went and saw. I swear you talked about this. Did I? Maybe you just talked to me about it or you tweeted about it. Did you do an Instagram story? Did I talk? About it? No, because I went and saw it. You're I right. You're right. Last week, you're right. didn't I? I'm just. I'm reliving I your I, tweets. I think yeah. I saw it after we recorded the episode. You uh, mess with my brain, Shelby. You know I'm in a fragile mental place. And no, you throw it's... these things at me to try to confuse me. I just. I need to block you on Twitter so I don't see your hot takes. Uh, did you watch Hocus Pocus too? No, it's on my list. I'm not like against it, but like you, I was I didn't get to Hocus Pocus until I was an adult. Yes. And it was like fine. And so I haven't felt like this rush to see it, but I, I think I'm gonna watch it. 
Yeah, I had I didn't see it as a kid. I think because my parents thought it thought it was um mm. of the occult, mm, and mm-hmm. so I didn't watch it until last year, and in, and really did enjoy it. I thought it was a very like fun, funny movie that held up sort of better than I thought it was going to. And there are a lot of movies that I mean, we've talked about this theory before that I have, but like there's a lot of movies that I think are bad movies, but if you watch them as a kid and as you like them as a kid, yeah. you think they're good as an adult, even though they're yeah. not. Like The Princess Bride, I think is one of those movies. Like The but, Sandlot or The Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, I love The Sandlot, but again, I'm like biased because I watched it as a kid, so there's yeah. really no way of telling. But Hocus Pocus 2, I think, or 1 is actually a fun movie just in general. And Hocus Pocus 2 does like updates things nicely but does the same like it's a really nice sequel because it sort of hits the hits the things it needs to hit for the nostalgia bit updates things in a fun way and then also like add some new stuff in there there's a really really great scene i mean one of my favorite things of about one of my favorite like tropes of comedy that I think is usually pretty funny if it's done well are like people from the past entering the future. I mean, and sometimes obviously that can be like, what is this smart screen? Like lame jokes. But in this one, the witches go to a Walgreens and it's like some of the funniest bits I've seen in a while. <laughs> like it's very, it's very smartly done. And, um, and I think there's a lot of like good callbacks in the movie, you know, like, to things earlier in the film that you're like, that's really clever. Like that was set up really well. And all three of the actresses do a nice job. Like Bette Midler, Kathy and Jimmy, Sarah Jessica Parker. They all seem, none of them are, seem like they're phoning it in. They're all like yeah. there a hundred percent. It's a good Halloween romp of a movie. Um, You know, I would put it in the, Hubie Halloween sort of camp no. of, of well okay you didn't That's like Hubie Halloween good. but in the but in the like vibe like of a the feel movie, good it's yeah. very yes it's very like oh you don't want to watch someone get mutilated but you do yeah. want to watch a fun like Halloween movie watch those <laughs> that's my okay. takeaway it's I was gonna ask is it better than Hubie Halloween because that's my bar for I, mean, I think you would like it better than Hubie <laughs> Halloween I, th- I think it is better than Hubie Halloween Okay, wow. Wow. But I did love Hubie. And I should rewatch that. A classic. If you have time to rewatch Hubie Halloween, I will freaking I, I don't know, charge you money for the amount of TV shows you've skipped on. TV shows take a long time to watch. Not if you break them up as they're meant to be broken up. Right, but it's like I can watch like six movies in the time of a season of a TV. <laughs> You know? Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I did go see a movie this week. We get to talk about bros. Um, keeping the uh, LGBT queer theme going. Uh, is Lena Dunham featured in this movie that stars only gay people? Uh, yes. No. Lena Dunham is playing <laughs> Billy Eichner. You didn't realize that was her the entire time? What a talent. Uh, but I'm excited to break that down. Um Yes, there's lots to talk about. I'm excited to hear what you thought about a lot of it um, (laughs) and your straight person take on Uh, bros. We we need more straight people takes, honestly. We do. We do. I've been watching the discourse just struggle without the voice of a straight white woman. So... I'm you know, it's, it's interesting. It's in, we'll, we'll see what your takes are. Yeah. Um, and I'll tell you if they're good or bad. Your yeah. straight woman take on Hubie Halloween is 
very problematic, I'll say. That's a great film. And if you don't like it, that's it feels a bit problematic to me. Um, but okay, we'll be back on Thursday to talk about bros and all kinds of gay shenanigans. And until then, you can follow us on social media, leave us a review, send us an email, and we'll be back on Thursday. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>